You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. With me on Max's Island today is Sean Williams. Sean, welcome to the island. Hi, thanks for having me. Sean, all guests on Max's Island have the opportunity to share with our listeners that time in their life where they perhaps did something for themselves, where they focused on their future, where they perhaps had a situation that came into their life that was pivotal in terms of changing things, or it was just something where they just did it for themselves because it was the right thing to do. Do you have that time in your life where something like that may have happened? I absolutely do. Um, and for me, it was uh, about three, three odd years ago in, well, 2020, um, which was a pretty big year for everyone um, as we're dealing with COVID and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I remember having an experience probably around May, June that year um, and just really thinking that I needed a break to get away to kind of digital detox. Um, and my mind kept on going, I need a retreat. I need to go to you know Bali and <laughs> do a silent retreat that involves yoga and green smoothies or uh, something of, of that nature. Had you ever done anything like that before? No, or in your, even in your daily ritual, did you meditate? practice mindfulness, those sorts of things? No, not so much. Uh, well, not at all really, to be honest. Um, so I think just the um, pressures of, of, of work and, and career life and it's very focused on, on, on all of that in an imbalanced way, um, as I'm sure many people experience. I didn't, I didn't create enough space to connect with myself or work out what that could look like or should look like. Like it's pretty stock standard professional straight shoulders in that sense of things even though I, I grew up in the hills so I've always had that connection with uh, foresty green environments and things like that hmm. so was it the pressures of corporate life pressures in life in general or was it just that you, the realization that you needed to do something a little bit different for yourself that was going to be beneficial to you yeah I just felt it inside uh, I look back and try to think of how I would, would explain it in the moment. And it was just a, a feeling, a grittiness, a, a desire for something, but I didn't really know what it was. 
And it just so happened that in a coffee catch up that I had um, with an amazing person that we got talking about that and we're just having a general catch up and just reflecting on work and the pace of everything, expectation and needing a reset or an escape and, and just to kind of do that and got put on to a lady in an experience um, for an H-Quest, something I'd never heard of before. And I was like, oh, what, what is that? What, what is this? Because I was explaining, I need to go to Bali to travel and obviously can't do that at the moment and uh, all the restrictions that we're dealing with. And uh, she explained to me, no, no, well, there's these activities you can do locally and I, I know someone who provides them. And so hear me out and went on to explain what this nature quest experience was about i was immediately intrigued and thought wow well this sounds pretty pretty perfect and ended up connecting with claire vanderplank who uh, runs the uh the nature quests that she does in, in the way that she does them and just wanted to understand more it was still a kind of a new concept to me what was involved because this thing involved going two and a half out two and a half hours out of Perth um, out to a, a, a piece of land uh, called Sasha Budja in Pingley, uh, which I hadn't been to before either all the way down Brookton Highway even though I grew up living just on Brookton Highway in Rolling Stone so over I guess a few weeks there was emails going backwards and forwards between myself and Claire just as I was inquiring more and more I, I wasn't committing to joining this um, October quest that she was running. But in the background, I was <laughs> kind of getting ready for it, buying <laughs> camping gear and other uh, things that uh, I, I guess I was advised I would need to do it. Were yeah. you sharing these thoughts with anybody at the time and trying to get validation from others that it would be a good thing or were you keeping it to yourself? Um, I think I was really keeping it to myself because it, it was a bit... Uh, left of fields for me and um, as I got more comfortable with it I was, I was talking to people more about oh, I've got this thing coming up I'm going to take some leave and um, and go get involved with this experience and um, I think yeah there were a few raised eyebrows around people at work and people that knew me going oh okay righto <laughs> what are you up to you know because I do love new experiences but this was certainly out there particularly with how I was explaining it to people it involves being away for eight days and it's four days of that that's spent preparing and, and um, just kind of getting used to the, the land and, and um, the, the practices. And then the, the end four days of that experience is spent out on that piece of land by yourself. No distractions and distractions include food, reading, writing materials, uh, mobile devices, whatever it comes up for us. So it's just you and being in nature. I've certainly heard of Claire and the work that she has done and she's been doing it for some time. So you were in good, safe hands. I know yeah. that. Well, a small world. Yeah. So when you mm. land in Pingley mm. and you said you've had a bit of time to prepare mentally for it mm. and even physically by getting equipment and those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. And you just indicated that there's sort of this preparation period, which mm. probably allows you to get ready for the moment. Yeah. Were you nervous? Did you feel like you, the other people that were there were different to you or was it something that you were excited about? I was definitely excited about it. I was, I was looking forward to it because it, uh, I knew I was satisfying that thing I felt inside me that I knew I needed. Uh, even though I, there's no preparation I could do or did do that would have prepared me for that experience. Uh, it's 
quite funny looking back on it for when I rocked up on, on day one because I hadn't really done some of the uh, eating kind of meal preparation, which is, you know, um, getting used to more grain-based, you know, whole foods. So I hadn't really changed my diet to accommodate going into a, a very, you know, food controlled and then no food <laughs> experience. And uh, telling and funnily enough is I didn't arrive on the kind of afternoon evening that everyone else did. I ended up having to join quite early uh, the following morning. So it was like a, um, a Saturday or a Sunday morning, if I remember, uh, because I had a, a bit of a friend's bucks night the <laughs> night before, which obviously is not in keeping with any of the preparation activities. Uh, luckily, it was you know a fun but tame affair. So I was, I was very cautious about having a long drive needing to you know be out the door at 4 a.m in the morning to be out there on time but drove out pulled up this piece of land really not knowing where where I was going and what I was really walking into um, didn't have a visual sense of things and parked up and there's this shed like structure quite open to the elements as well and uh, you know a, a few people a couple of people there in the morning including Claire she knows knew I was uh, driving in and I just hop out and I'm all like wearing, you know, jeans and, uh, a, you know, a, a casual jacket and things like that. But, you know, kind of uptight corporate Sean, right? <laughs> Compared to some more already connected, you know, open, um, you know, yoga experience and, and alternative life people. So immediately I was just the outlier. <laughs> Stuck out like a sore thumb. And uh, I, I was the only male joining that experience. So. It was myself and uh, three women there. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been confronting. As yeah. you said, first, firstly, you, as you acknowledge, you know, corporate Sean, mm. even dressed down, was still a little more formal than the others. Yeah. The only male, and also doing something you'd never done before. This total absorption and connection mm. with the land. Yeah. It's interesting that you you were probably coming from a fair way back, yeah, and it would have been an interesting experience for you to, on that first morning to continue to have that validation within you to go, I'm going to do this and I think there's going to be something great coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. I did have that sense. I mean, I, I felt comfortable being out there and I was committed to the experience. So I think um, something that I always tend to do is like when I'm in the moment, I'm in the moment. So I found myself in the moment and committed to it. So I was there to, to, to whatever came up. I was just going to roll with it and that's something that i think claire was <laughs> quite surprised on as well she may comment on that uh, a few quite a few days in uh, before we left on our um, solo part of the journey there so i think she was pleasantly surprised about how quickly i took to some of the meditative practices the the stillness the sharing um, we do some qigong work as well some some flow work to connect with um with with land and, and with self as well and in part of the preparation and i was just loving it. i was soaking it up I was, I was there to to be in it so i i just took it on and i think that was an interesting reflection for her um to to see how open i was to that which is interesting for me because hearing that reflected back is like oh like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think there was another way to do this. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was cool. And a piece of validation that an, another person, particularly facilitating it, could see that I had that interest. It was something that I wanted to have the impact from at the end of the experience. And I didn't want to cheat myself from that, basically. Yeah. So it sounds like there was, uh, and you just mentioned impact, there's two parts to it. One is 
learning some techniques, hmm. learning some philosophies, some, hmm. some um, ideas about connection, and not only to, to land but to other people and hmm. to yourself. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great experience those first four days. Obviously, the expectation of the second part of hmm. the experience. At any stage, were you getting more nervous about that or were you feeling more comfortable about it that you'd actually be learning some practices? I think more comfortable. I mean, there was certainly, would I say, an apprehension or an an anticipation, certainly an anticipation about what that then solo part would look like. But I guess with the way that uh, it's facilitated and and how Claire wraps herself around each person and, and know their, their experience of it making sure we're we're getting what we need and we're set up for it uh, it's very we're very well cared for so certainly by day two day three you're feeling very comfortable you're feeling uh, in the in the vibe of things and, and quite quickly you know having turned off phones and kind of leaving those distractions behind anyway um, you, you you'd feel that sense of relief is already lifting because it, it's clear skies fresh air you know certainly out of your comfort zone you don't have any of those distractions no tv no information being connected to and when you give it up like it's funny how quickly you're okay with giving it up particularly when you have the intention of doing that um so i I get i guess that was an important part of the experience for me is feeling that because that's what i needed and wanted uh even though i still wasn't prepared for what the second part of that experience was going to provide me yeah Tell us about the second part of the experience. Firstly, again, I want to just try to mm. elicit any feelings of that apprehension that may have been the night before, um, or again, was it excitement? Obviously, during those four days, you're being coached, you're mm. being informed about techniques, but also about what it might be like for those last four days and in preparation for it. So again, the night before, were you apprehensive or excited about this just doing this thing that you'd never ever done before i'm going to sit on the fence and say both because it was both particularly when you're thinking you have to prepare for an emergency situation so you you know you need to bring things uh like an emergency whistle you know you're being spoken to about oh if you see a snake or you know you're out there in on 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 country on, on land it's bush it's wild um and it was, um, despite how well this, this land is cared for. So there's that kind of situation of, well, I'm out there for four days by myself and like, yeah, ultimately if worse come to worse, I could kind of pack up and, and walk all the way back over this hillside, you know, to return to kind of where the, where the base camp area was. But you were still also comforted by how much thought's going gone into just making you aware, but alert but not alarmed. Some of those experiences people tend to come into contact with um, while they're out there, things they tend to find about themselves or just what can come up and, and how to really be with that. Particularly as without those distractions you are with yourself and, and there's a lot of whatever's going on in your head is gonna keep going on. Uh, and that's the point is kind of holding and dealing with that. So there's, there's that kind of, ap- you know, nervousness around what that experience is going to look like but then there's a lot of excitement like because you spend time around this uh this budget this land uh in days prior so you are familiar with it and and the place that you're individually going to has some form of 
kind of connection with you like the part of part of the the pre-work is finding that space that you feel a, a draw to so there is a comfort in that that, that you fi found a space on that land that you know potentially that land wants you or is okay with you being there uh, which I guess is more the maybe a spiritual part of the the process and I use that for lack of a, another way to describe it because yeah you are connecting with yourself and with with nature through the nature quest that's the point hmm. so you're totally separated from the other people doing the, the program mm -hmm. visually and and physically yes totally on your own what sort of area of space are you do you move in you know, something two by two or you you got 10 meters to move what what's the yeah, this is uh, something that when I'm explaining the story, particularly to friends and family back then, they had a hard time getting their head around uh, because you're, uh, yeah, you are distanced from people. You can't see them. That you, you shouldn't be able to. Um, and um, we, you know, the, we make sure that we're not able to, to have line of sight contact with anyone because you need to feel that, that comfort and that connection without worrying about other people being around. When, when you get out there, the point is you set up yeah, a camping spot Tenting optional. I mean, you can put down a rug and sleep under the stars if if you really wanted to. The a la natural experience of it. But you know, the weather was pretty pretty crisp around that time. So you set up your tent space, but where you spend most of your time should be in in a pretty stable spot, a pretty pretty non-moving situation. So your spot's your spot, and you shouldn't really be roaming around. The point of those meditative practices is when when you have that space that you're really holding it, you're really connected to it and it's it's guidance it's not a rule and i did find myself playing with that that rule uh sorry that, that guidance um at different times as i was dealing with my own mind and distractions but the point is to to really be grounded and naked so for me um i had my tent set up on a, a little grassy spot and unfortunately for me at the time there was a, a bit of a rock right under where i was sleeping that i didn't really think about at the time and that caused me some grief later on anyway and then about two three meters away from that um, through some some small trees on a south facing side of this piece of land there was a, a bit of an exposed granite outcrop and bordering the granite was this soft green moss and uh, it, just, it just that was my spot it just spoke to me like being able to have that you know connection with the granite but also that softness of of that green moss and um, around me as well so yeah that, that was my spot for four days mm. the physical nature of being out there in the in the mm. elements um, with limited protection limited things to do mm. but then obviously the mental impact of that which one did you get challenged by most of all definitely the mental impact of things i mean while it was uh, it was pretty overcast um, for a few of the days. You know, the sun came out and it was warm, but, um, you know, the not last night was a zero-degree night out there, for instance. Uh, a little bit of rain splatter, not too much, which was good. So the elements were, were quite okay. It, it was certainly sitting with yourself and having to just be with whatever's coming up, which which is the real benefit. And something I, I'd never really experienced before because we're always so connected to everything information you know city life just the energy of things around you uh, pace of work friends calls and th there's devices everywhere and then suddenly there's nothing and that was challenging and i found a lot of 
self-talk coming up in my head a lot of thinking bloody songs like certain music that <laughs> i now hate and can't stand uh, and certain movies because of the music and the uh, the thinking of that movie that came up um, because it really kept on taking away from the connected experience but you can't remove it until you really dealt with that distraction it's out of your head so um i think it was more decluttering uh, getting rid of the busyness uh, to be able to allow myself to connect and i hadn't really realized what my intention was too clearly at the outset until i was out there and i had that time alone and it was probably about day three where i really identified that it wasn't just about nature quest connection for nature that, that was an important part of me going out there is that um, is a nature experience and, and a profound experience that i had with that but there's a particular moment where it was a really overwhelming sense of me understanding my connection with myself as part of the natural environment and what that meant for me and how connected i felt to it it's fundamentally changed me for forever and then it was that moment on the third day that it was quite emotionally overwhelming when when i had that kind of point um and even even explaining it now i'm feeling it come up in my throat um just because of how powerful it was and this is three years ago so yeah <laughs> i guess there was a debriefing process hmm. there was a uh some discussion with the group perhaps or just with Claire around mm. some of the feelings and the experiences you had to assist you to reconcile what that meant or how that felt mm. so you just said you had that uh, sort of day three that spiritual moment was that explained in in more depth during that uh, a debriefing or was it just something that you had to sit with yourself uh, no, we, we definitely knew that we would come back and then spend time um, kind of the next day or so just, um, I guess, re regrounding ourselves and, and preparing for the return back into, you know, um, normal life, you know, the default world of things. And at, at the time, uh, I found myself kind of thinking, oh, okay, like, I know I'm going back home, like, how dramatic an experience is that going to be? And I yeah I just certainly didn't appreciate how much that regrounding exercise and that preparation exercise on the other side of the the quest experience was going to be um, and it turned out to be quite essential because driving two and a half hours back towards you know, Perth you, you feel that energy of the city getting closer and closer you know you're dealing with traffic again and it's a really visceral shift that you can't help but feel and notice um you know because you're coming out of a very connected grounded free space of things back into everything uh, and you know that world you're coming back into isn't set up to receive you <laughs> for what you've just experienced so um yeah getting getting home and unpacking and just having that that noise and that vibration that energy around is um really jarring yeah really jarring and even the, the, the shift back into, you know, whatever you had in, in, in the fridge or your usual um, eating routines and things like that. Just, it, it was a gritty experience. I, I think I mean gritty when I say it, because that's kind of how it felt. Uh, and trying to maintain a sense of what that quest gave you is really important on, on, on return as well. And I think it really highlighted to me, not only through the quest experience, but certainly afterwards, how important that connection with nature 
was now for me. I just never really had it like that before. I was never a camper. Like it's, I didn't go out to the bush camping. It's not something I ever grew up with. And suddenly I found myself craving it and can't, couldn't get it out of my head. Uh, um, luckily at the time I was living near the Ascot Swan River area and just found myself drawn to bush parkland for walks as, as a necessity for maintaining that sense of connection with self and environment and what I wanted to really hold on to from that experience because that default world really starts kicking in and taking over quickly. And it's, it's hard, particularly going back to work. So that's my question. What was it like going back to the routine of work, the mm. routine of the life that you had before, mm. especially after this visceral experience that you, you've had yeah. and you would have had obviously lots of opportunities to think about the future mm. and you're going back to the past in a sense. Yeah. And yeah, was that challenging to reconcile? Yes and no. I think what I got out of the experience, which I hadn't planned for, I mean, it fundamentally shifted uh, sense and connection with self and, and, and environment. And I, I knew there was a part of the benefit that had come through into my professional life, um, which was you know what I wanted out of the experience as well particularly for my leadership and and um, you know how I show up and who I am you know, for, at work and for others and things like that and <laughs> I think I'd probably set everyone up at work to think I was gonna stroll back in wearing orange robes handing out dream <laughs> catches and uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful things but uh, to their surprise I, I, I didn't I came back to work like, like I would but I, I was I had a very different experience of, of what that was meaning to me, um, what I was looking for, sense of calm, coming back re refreshed and with a very different outlook of myself and what that meant to me. And I think that carried through quite, quite quickly into how I was engaging with people, how I saw myself, how I was interacting even with my, my own team and, and things like that. It, it, it just changed. Mm. So what was the major change in your life after this experience? and in particular changes that were influenced by your opportunity to think about your connection? Mm. Well, apart from being able to come away with a, a funny little name of Rainbow Beetle Moonchild uh, as a bit of fun from the experience, because I needed to bring something back that wasn't an orange robe, of course. I think the big change for me was also coinciding with some some Rotary Elizabeth Key volunteering work that I was involved with uh, at the time um, as well and getting connected with what it meant to, to give back and to, to volunteer. Um, I think uh, over the you know, kind of the, the six months, the year or so after coming back, um, there was just that seed of me wanting to, to do more or at least use my skills and experience differently as well. And, and that kind of grew and grew to be more involved with the volunteering work. It was filling my cup from a contribution perspective as well. And I, I had that balance at the time. The, the, I was involved with great work, you know, great, great roles in, 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 great, in a great organization and with great people. I was also getting the uh, fulfillment of volunteering, giving back to the community, contributing to community-based projects and um, supporting um, a leadership team there as well. The combination of the two, but um, I think particularly 
you know, what, what the nature quest left me with, with my understanding or about self, getting to deal with myself and what was important for me, ultimately led me to, to make a decision to change industries in, in my role. And an opportunity came up in the community service sector, which I didn't know anything about, but I, I knew with a background in, in people and cultural leadership that it didn't really matter um, what the industry was. I knew I'd be able to use those skills and it, it just seemed to stars align for where I was at, what I needed, you know, the, the type of organization, the type of leadership at that organization as well that was there, uh, you know, with the, the CEO and senior leadership team. Uh, it was just too incredible and too perfect to pass up. So, you know, I've been there for, for two years now, ultimately as a result of a combination of all those experiences. But to be able to make that decision to, you know, have a big career, and naturally not really a high-risk person. And for me, it, it, you know, it, it, it takes it takes a bit for me to make a major decision like um, moving moving jobs I get really connected with um, with you know the, the places that, that I work with and invest so much into because of the people I work with that I found myself having to go back out and spend time back out at Pinchley on Sasha Buja to kind of process that so it's funny I, I needed to be reconnected to that original nature quest experience and spend time out there and and Mendakini and Rumi, who, who who live out on on that land and, and host us all to, to be there and to, to to use that land and property, they're they're incredible incredible people, incredible human beings, and very welcoming of people like myself and people that have done the quest, going back out and and having that connection at any time. So, I remember going out once to help with a busy bee on 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 the land and, and to help them with a bunch of other people, but also going back out uh, in the lead up to grappling with that decision to spend some time out there and, and basically chop firewood for them. So I took a chainsaw out and some gear, uh, set up camp for you know a weekend um, and just helped them by going around and, and cutting up fallen old logs so they had firewood for the winter and, and just spend some time there. And I needed it. It was a cathartic experience. It immediately reconnected to me like that yearning to be out there was just so strong and the feeling of traveling back out there and then being on that land was just really connective and incredible for me and making a contribution and then have, having a conversation with with um with, with some people out there at that time about what i was kind of really going through with my thinking and trying to make sure i was making the right decision and uh, given you know job change involves risk and have a fear of failure naturally like a lot of people do all sorts of things but uh time out there helped me really connect with I, I needed to do it. I couldn't not, with what I had experienced and where I was at, not take that opportunity and see what I could make of it and what I could do with it. And it was probably one of the most important values-based decisions I've really ever made in my professional career. Sean, it's really obvious the impact that it has made on you personally and through your career, just by the feeling that enthusiasm, that spiritual nature of as you as you told that story, it mm. was very obvious the impact that it's made to you. Mm. Just before you leave the island, I need to ask a question. Mm. When you had the interview for the human services role, did you tell them about the retreat and the experience that you had? Were you that brave to be <laughs> that open? You know, I can't remember if I did, but... It is something that I did share and, and open up to um, to people about at work because I, I feel while it's a very personal experience um, and, and not everyone shares about it because of how, how personal it is and also 
different people's views of those things but i did find myself quite early on feeling really comfortable to share that with my new um ceo um and i find that in the retelling of the experience not only does it connect me to that again what's important for me and regrounds me to it but it it opens up something for other people so it opens up for their sharing or something they see that they want out of something like that. Um, so whether it was that conversation with that CEO or other leaders I've spoken to, my team here, or, or just uh, you know friends and, and uh, wider networks, it, I've found it's a really generative space for transparency, for, for authenticity and, and, and honesty. So um, we, all, we all need something. And I'm just really glad that I was able to find that for myself and what that means for me now, what that means for me, people around me. Sean, thanks for sharing that to our listeners on Max's Island. It's really apparent that it's made a significant impact on you as a professional, but most importantly as a person. So thanks for sharing your very intimate and personal story on Max's Island and good luck in the future. Great. Thank you so much. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, oh work no play and how how it had turned out this way he told me his plan a short term escape five weeks on the bibbleman track go it alone no one to blame if he finished or fell by the way sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky, completely alone, no emails or phone, and